how often, in answer to my repeated entreaties, that you would give my daughter a regular detail of the misfortunes and adventures of your life. Have you said, No, my friend, never will I comply with your request, till I may be no longer in danger of again experiencing such dreadful ones. Surely that time is now at hand. You are this day fifty-five. If a woman may ever be said to be in safety from the determined perseverance of disagreeable lovers and the cruel persecutions of obstinate fathers, surely it must be at such a time of life. Isabel Letter 2nd. Laura to Isabel Although I cannot agree with you in supposing that I shall never again be exposed to misfortunes as unmerited as those I have already experienced, yet to avoid the imputation of obstinacy or ill-nature, I will gratify the curiosity of your daughter, and may the fortitude with which I have suffered the many afflictions of my past life prove to her a useful lesson for the support of those which may befall her in her own. Laura. Letter third. Laura to Marianne. As the daughter of my most intimate friend, I think you entitled to that knowledge of my unhappy story, which your mother has so often solicited me to give you. My father was a native of Ireland and an inhabitant of Wales. My mother was the natural daughter of a Scotch peer by an Italian opera girl, I was born in Spain and received my education at a convent in France. When I had reached my eighteenth year, I was recalled by my parents to my paternal roof in Wales. Our mansion was situated in one of the most romantic parts of the Vale of Usk. Though my charms are now considerably softened and somewhat impaired by the misfortunes I have undergone, I was once beautiful. But lovely as I was, the graces of my person were the least of my perfections. Of every accomplishment accustomary to my sex, I was mistress. When in the convent, my progress had always exceeded my instructions. My acquirements had been wonderful for my age, and I had shortly surpassed my masters. In my mind, every virtue that could adorn it was centred. It was the rendezvous of every good quality and of every noble sentiment. A sensibility too tremblingly alive to every affliction of my friends, my acquaintance, and particularly to every affliction of my own, was my only fault, if a fault it could be called. Alas, how altered now! Though indeed my own misfortunes do not make less impression on me than they ever did, Yet now I never feel for those of another. My accomplishments, too, begin to fade. I can neither sing so well nor dance so gracefully as I once did, and I have entirely forgot the minuet de la cour. Adieu, Laura. Letter fourth, Laura to Marianne. Our neighbourhood was small, for it consisted only of your mother, she may probably have already told you that being left by her parents in indigent circumstances, 
she had retired into Wales on economical motives. There it was our friendship first commenced. Isabel was then one and twenty. Though pleasing both in her person and manners, between ourselves, she never possessed the hundredth part of my beauty or accomplishments. Isabel had seen the world. She had passed two years at one of the first boarding schools in London, had spent a fortnight in Bath, and had supped one night in Southampton.